Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. Just to give you an idea of how woefully unprepared I am to record this episode, uh, Brad messaged that he was sick and wouldn't be able to record today. I looked at that message and I said, hmm, Evan's sick, can't make it. Brad, what time do you want to record? And Brad said, uh, "That that's up to Evan. I'm sick. And I went, no, 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 Evan's out today. And Evan, you replied, wait, what? It was, I was very confused. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm talking through Siri right now, which is why I'm not making sense. And you were like, oh, okay. Mind you, Brad's sickness came out of the out of nowhere, whereas yeah. mine was should have been expected. You warned us that you wouldn't be um, probably 100%. You sent us a picture of a, yourself in a costume, big top hat, monocle, and your name was Mr. Cerulean, was it? Yeah, it was a murder mystery. <laughs> um, you know you have to put that picture on Twitter, right? Absolutely not. This is why I locked down almost all of my social media, because I see the garbage that gets posted of Brad. For those of you uh, who want that picture, I do have a price. DM me. I'm not I'm not above selling pictures of my friends on the internet. That's fair. I shouldn't have never sent that. No, you really shouldn't have. Uh, anyhow, so uh, I was driving back into town, um, got back into town, went home, grabbed everything I needed to come record, brought that stuff here. Uh, met you here. Brad's not here. Um, went to go set up the camera, and um, <clears throat> the uh, I uh, forgot to bring back the SD card that I took out. Brain fart number two. Yes, and uh, brain fart number three is the backup SD card I also had at the same time because I was reformatting it. So ah uh, yes, we are uh, without video for this episode. Uh, I'll still post it on YouTube with just like a rolling, you know, video of something of something. I'm sorry, guys. You deserve better. The good news is our equipment keeps getting upgraded. I just bought myself a far too expensive new laptop that has way better processing power. So uh, in the future, when we do remember the SD card, the camera will uh, or the the YouTube video might be posted uh, same day rather than the next morning. Yeah, that's a win. Uh, and something did go our way today. The hockey god smiled on us. Um, it was announced about half an hour before we started recording that uh, Philip Zadina has been called up to the Detroit Red Wings. Poor Svechnikov. Poor Svechnikov, man. So we'll get into the specifics, but there was going to be a gap in the top six because we saw in last night's game that Mantha got hurt and he got ruled out immediately and it was the first period. So you know it wasn't going to be a one-game thing. And then everyone was saying, well, tomorrow's game's against Carolina. This is crack number two for Svechnikov to play his little brother. Oh, but- no. Oh, no. We can't have nice things. No. Oh, I guess we do have a nice thing, but not a good storyline thing. No. It, it, like, the first one, I was kind of like, Ugh, come on, just keep him up for one more game. Yeah. Uh, this one, it's like, he hasn't been playing as well as Zadina. Zadina's been on a heater in Grand Rapids, so I understand that. Yeah, it's certainly a deserved call-up at this point. Um, I'm going to just pull up our, our notes here, but uh, as you guys have gleaned from what I've said, uh, it's just myself, Ryan Hanna, and... Uh, Evan Lobsinger, this episode, Brad is out with the, uh, what, what do you call that symptom? Having too many kids? 
Yes. Uh, he probably has strep throat again. Um, this is the Winged Wheel Podcast, and we want to let you guys know that this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast is sponsored by Labatt. Celebrate with Labatt Blue and the Detroit Red Wings all season long. Find your specially designed cases of Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light at your local retailer to hashtag Celion with Labatt and Philip Zadina as he fills those nets. Keep your eyes peeled for limited edition uh, team cans. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light, official Canadian beers of the Detroit Red Wings. And Philip Zadina coming up to the, the show and finally getting that opportunity this season to fill those nets. Now, that's what we'll talk about first, and then we'll do a recap of, uh, of last night's game and, and what's to come for the Red Wings. But um, coming into the season, I, I went on record multiple times as saying success for Philip Zadina this, se- this season is him playing as many games as possible, um, at least half a season. And then you got to seeing how the season started and then progressed. And then that like nine, 10 game losing streak. And you were like, Oh yeah, you know, maybe not. Yeah. And that's not the most popular thing. I know there's a lot of people on Twitter, on Facebook. We even got some email write-ins, um, people who hate that notion. Um, they use it against Sedina. They use it against Blasha. They use it against Eisenman. They call us a lot of names and that's fair. Honestly, like, a player's that good, and then you watch the other players in his draft class playing NHL games, you're like, yeah, why isn't he up? Um, here's the thing. You can't sugarcoat it. Philip Zadina isn't exactly what he th- we thought he was when we drafted him. That doesn't mean that he's a bust or we have to lower his ceiling or anything like that. But what we can say at the very least is that he's a player who isn't going to come in and just be a game breaker on his own at this level in his career. And he's very affected by confidence and slumps. So bringing him up into this team is kind of like, are you really putting him in the best situation there? Yeah. And comparing him to other players drafted around him, it's generally not a a fair comparison because every organization is different. The talent around those players is different, obviously. And uh, some players just take more time and, I don't know if we really want to subject one of our prized prospects to the dumpster fire that is this season. No. Obviously, he needs some NHL time, and let's just call a spade a spade. This season is basically a a meaningless season, so um, if there's the opportunity to call him up and pull out the measuring stick and see what he's got, uh, may as well give him some opportunities. Now, we're going to chat a little bit about... um Zadina and specifically and how long he'll be up in a bit but uh question as to whether he'll play in tonight's game is a little bit up in the air I've seen it suggested that he's definitely going to play Grand Rapids is coming off a back-to-back might be a little tired might be a little tired but the kid's 19 years old right so yeah I had a lot of energy when I was 19 you would play well you played hockey tournaments you know three games you play three games in a day yeah this would be four games in five five days for him I believe so uh I wouldn't be surprised if his minutes are lowered, but in general, what I would want to see with this call-up uh, of Philip Zadina is this um, top six minutes. Oh, yeah. There's, uh, with Mantha out, there's a, a gaping hole in terms of offense required, so he's someone we can slide right in there and uh, see what he's got. Yeah, you, you, you're not going to replace all of Mantha's minutes with Zadina. I think that's too much to ask, especially oh, considering yeah. how much Mantha plays. But you want quite a bit. We've got other players on this team who need to to step up and and assume a bigger role. Um, the first one, I this is a good opportunity for Fabry to 
increase his minutes this is a good chance for Perlini to play a, an elevated role. Um, so I think that can help cushion Zadina as well. Um, well, Fabry last night here, something that frustrated me last night. So uh, last night was obviously the game between, um, New Jersey, Detroit, New Jersey, uh, another lottery division or toilet bowl game as we, as we like to call it. I think we're undefeated in the toilet bowl games this I year. I think we are. The Red Wings have done an excellent job with the tank initiative this year. Uh, well, even since you were here last, Evan, we, uh, the Red Wings lost to Ottawa and now they lost to New Jersey. So they somehow beat Boston, Vegas and Anaheim. And then lose to LA, Ottawa, and New Jersey. You know when we say, "Oh, we've got these games coming up," and insert top tier teams will beat, insert bottom tier teams will will lose to. That 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 was supposed to be a joke. It's not. A, yeah, it's not a meme anymore. It's like legitimately reality. It's come to fruition at this point. Yeah. Um. So they have. What happened while I was gone? Actually. Well, how long were you gone for? Like two weeks. Well, two coaches got fired. Who else got fired? Don Cherry and Mike Babcock. <laughs> Oh yeah, that happened while you were. You're probably gone. <laughs> yeah. Did you listen to that episode? Uh, I don't listen to any episodes. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, we can talk as much shit as uh, about Brad as we want because he's definitely not. Gonna... I don't listen to episodes when I miss him either. No, uh, it's like, man, I don't have any time. Yeah, Spe- exactly. All my time is spent recording this podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm very tired of talking about Don Cherry. So uh, unfortunately, me too. Unfortunately me too. for you, we're not going to be doing that. Oh man. Yeah, a huge loss. I know. Um, yeah, Mike Babcock got fired. You know what? Let's jump back to the Red Wings in a little bit. I want to talk about the fallout from Mike Babcock being fired. One of my friends messaged me and he said, "Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of stories. It seems like a lot of people didn't like Babcock. Was he actually that hated?" I went, "Oh yeah." I had a bu- I had a bunch of people, primarily um, non Leaf fan friends, who asked me a question like that and. Um, without, you know, being in any of the locker room or having direct stories told to me about, about Babcock, it does seem like he grows wary on people very quickly. And, um, so I can understand why there's a lot of players who after a while just can't stand playing for him anymore. Well, it was like, there's a lot of public stories about like Nyquist and Zetterberg said some stuff and Hoodler and Tatar said it's hard to play for him. So that came out quite a bit. And now that it's like prominent in Toronto media, everyone's like, whoa, Babcock's so hated. Oh my God, it's been the story. He's he's hated because he's a meat and potatoes type guy and he's stubborn in his ways. So if, if you don't fit the mold that he's looking for in teams, you're going to have a rough time. Yeah. And the reality is his style of coaching would have been a lot more popular 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. He's kind of a holdover of that era that's kind of transitioned into the modern game. So it's not like he's completely obsolete. No, he's a fantastic coach. So his team's players. Oh, and he would, if he, he could walk into any front office and get that a coaching job. Oh, 100%. That's what, that was one of the things I said. I was like, guys, if he wants to work tomorrow, he can't. How many wins does he have? Like, oh, four hundred? No, more than four hundred. He's got a lot. He's got a lot. So you don't just win that many games in the NHL by chance. No, um, he's a good coach. I think he was the wrong coach for Toronto, and I think the way he coaches is a little bit too stubborn, considering how quickly this league is changing, and that's something that can be held against him. But yeah, his personality and his style of coaching is definitely grating, <laughs> and it, it's funny to see it. We, we joked about having Mike Commodore on this podcast. Um, we've actually been tweeting, like some people have been tweeting at him. We we're like, yeah, we're game. One thing that came out was uh, he tweeted out a picture of Babcock loading up his truck 
moving out of his uh, condo. I'm sure he, I hope, I'm sure he didn't take the picture. No, no, it wasn't him. But someone just sent it to him. I was like, you know what? (sighs) Just let the guy, at the end of the day, someone lost their job. Like, just let the guy go. You can be mad at that and, or you can hate him and you can not feel pity. Like I've had people who have wronged me and then something happens to them and I'm just like, you know what? You're not going to find pity for me. We've all been there. Or maybe not all. I could just be a huge asshole. <laughs> but I don't know. Public using your platform to post that kind of picture. It just yeah, it's kind of childish. Yeah, Bab- you're not gonna find tears from Babcock. Like he's not gonna be. That guy's got like millions. How, yeah, he's got like twenty mil left yeah. to get paid, for, and he doesn't have to work for it. That guy's that guy's not gonna be crying. No, in Toronto, still paying him unless he goes to a team that's gonna pay him even more. And if not, Toronto's covering the difference. That's the way the coaching contracts work. Yeah, so. He's fine. He's making that much money for however long he is. Um, I just think there's a line. And as blurry as that line is in this situation, especially relative to Mike Commodore and, and Babcock and their history, that just felt like a, a good toe over for me. Yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of that. Like we said, we never like we talk, we're talking heads, we're analysts, we're pundits, whatever you want to call us. We're, we come on here twice a week. So there's no avoiding talking about, you know, this guy losing his job or this guy being traded or whatever. Yep. But there is a human side to it. You never want to oh, celebrate sure. someone losing their job. No. Um, one one thing I was thinking about is when I when I look at the teams Babcock's one with, um, other than probably Anaheim where he just rolled uh, Jaguar and he Jaguar basically carried them. Mike Babcock's a coach who kind of takes these top tier teams and pushes them to the the championship level. And um, Toronto is certainly one of those teams, but I think they were just too young at that point in time to, to really get the benefits of Mike Babcock. He would be a coach just throwing out a team that I can think of off the top of my head, like a Nashville, let's say. Mm-hmm. Ultra high tier talent. They just, for some reason, can't figure it out and, and win in the, uh, like, get over that hump. You know, he could be a, a kind of coach that could come in there and, and get them to that championship. Um, but Toronto was just too young and it was too soon. Um, and I think the Babcock experiment didn't really work out the way they planned it. No, I haven't heard Nashville as an example before, but how happy would Mike Babcock be to have that strong of a defensive team? Oh, it, it, it people could argue it, but I think that's a good fit for Mike Babcock. Um, he's... <laughs> You've got a ridiculous back end on that team, um, and you just need to get a little bit more out of your offense. And um, so that's the kind of team I, he he's like a St. Louis Blues coach. Yeah, if St. Louis Blues were looking for a coach, he would be the probably one of their top. A hundred percent. That's actually great because he probably saw that and was like saw them win the cup. Is like I can win the cup that way. That's perfect. Exactly. Um, he'll be back in the league. Oh, yeah. It's just a matter of time. Well, we were talking about um, different landing spots, and I still think Seattle might be Oh, yeah. You you get to take some time off, not coach for a little while, and like he might need that break after the Toronto. Well, he's been grinding in the NHL for so long, coaching um, the Olympic teams as well. So, you know, sometimes you need that time off to to re-energize. He's got a bajillion dollars in the bank. So Yeah, a lot um, of playoff teams too. Yeah, Seattle, he can come in there and and provide his uh, uh, part of the blueprint, and that could be another good landing spot for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so Philip Zadina, I want to talk about this call-up. Uh, the angle here is give him top six minutes. Maybe not tonight. 
if he plays tonight, it might be a lower minutes just to keep him kind of. I would be okay if he played third line, but played a ton of power play. Yeah, you you keep him fresh, you but but you put him out in situational uh, uh, spots. But then once he gets some more games in him and he has some time to rest from these like four games in five days, then you give him those top six minutes. You burn his ELC, right? You burn that year this year. There's no point in sliding it a second time. Because, well, sorry, there is a point. And the point would be to keeping him on an ELC contract uh, for as long as possible. So you have a, a longer window. But the thing is, the Detroit Red Wings aren't a one to four year cup window team right now. The Red Wings are currently like a one to four year get out of this rebuild team right now. Yeah. So the sooner you you burn that year of his ELC, the sooner you get his con- his next contract started. And then you get him cheaper because presumably he'll take a little longer to develop. And if you have to sign him longer into his development, he'll be better. You'll have to pay him more. And now with the the change in how RFAs are signed, you, we saw what happened this past summer with Ranton and Marner and everyone else. Um, it's not as cheap to sign RFAs, especially when they've proven their talent. So if you burn that year of his ELC, uh, you get his entry-level contact contract going, and then you sign Zadina when he's maybe not a perennial 40-goal scorer yet, hoping that happens. And he's shown that he's not very quick off the draw in development, too. Right. Yeah, I'm definitely... It's hard to say. He he, he should be one of those guys who gets big money out of his, his ELC. Mm-hmm. You would think. If he's uh, an elite... Trending to be an elite goal scorer, you would assume he's going to get paid. Yeah. Um, but If he gets to that point, right? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of oh, steps yeah. between now and then. It's very tough to... He's very difficult to measure right now. Yes. And until he gets in a, a prolonged look in the NHL, I'm still not sure what we should do um, in terms of his contract going forward. Um, well, I'm happy that he, we are getting the look this season um, because, you know what, for the people who are screaming from the rooftops that, you know, Zadina's a bust and we should trade him, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's a lot. And I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. But I do think as much as it's unpopular to say that there is merit to the notion that it's okay to be nervous about draft the, the Zadina draft pick. And that's not to say like it's his fault. Quinn Hughes is looking better right now. No, I mean, probably 29 other teams would have taken Philip Zadina. Every, everybody who hindsight's 2020, right? Yeah. Like if Z- any team would have drafted Zadina where we drafted him. Basically, exactly. Got teams just ended up having their guy, who like a Barrett Hayton, for example. That was their guy. They were going to fill that need, and Philip Zadina wasn't part of that. So, if any other team was in our position and could go best player available, they would have taken him as well. So you don't want to hold that against Philip Zadina, like you mentioned before. But it's okay to be skeptical and say, "Is this guy not what we thought he is?" I still will go on the record as saying it's far too soon to be you know, thinking about that. And there has been just as much uh, good or positive as there has been negative with Sedina. And we have only seen him in a limited number of NHL games, nine games last season. So this look will be good. Everybody keeps saying those things about Sedina, but every time we saw him in the world juniors, except for maybe, I think he didn't do that well. He didn't score in the last one, did he? No, he was... uh, But the one before that, where the checks were really just going on a a heater... um, Yeah, he was on a tear. He was, and he was probably one of the most hyped players coming out of that tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, But my point is, um, he needs an elite-level playmaker to play alongside him, 
And we've seen with cider heating up there, there's a correlation between one or two of those players heating up together. And, you know, with, with cider feeding Zadina on the power play, um, I don't know where I'm going with this point anymore. <laughs> well, no, I'm way too hungover. <laughs> that's a good transition because you mentioned you want Zadina to get power play starts. Detroit's power play, although it's not exactly always firing on all cylinders, they've kind of figured some things out. Hronik is a great power play quarterback. Oh, yeah. You have Hronik on the left side. That's his office. You put Zadina on the right half wall. That It's not going to replace what Mantha can do at the right point. Mantha's yeah. almost unstoppable with time and space to shoot. But... You, you give them that power play unit to work with. Athanasiu, Larkin, and Bertuzzi have been proven more right. than capable to run that power play. Actually, funny enough, Larkin's the, the the worst producer out of all those guys on the power play right yeah, now. Yeah, which is bizarre. It's a good problem to have if oh, you're yeah. Detroit. Um, you would, you would want to see Larkin pick things up on that front soon, but he's had a lot of defensive responsibilities this season. I don't think Larkin's been anything less than great this season. Uh but you, you put Zadina with that kind of personnel in a good power play offensive zone start, that's when you start to find opportunities for him to succeed. He needs an elite level playmaker to help him produce points. Yeah, absolutely. And putting him on the power play, making him not the star of the power play would be an excellent place to start him. All right. Speaking of elite, we're going to talk about things that weren't elite, which was last night's game against New Jersey for the Red Wings. Ugly. Yes. Just an ugly game to watch and you know what it was bad bad terrible awful atrocious defense but who are you going to be mad at because that's what we know we're walking into there was a pairing at one point of uh jonathan erickson madison bowie that's a big yikes immediate goal oh immediate goal against oh yeah you know what brad's not sick brad's hiding because he last episode you didn't hear it but last episode he defended madison bowie to the death oh boy and i was just like man he is so bad defensively <laughs> and last night was a terrible and then he of course scores oh he got the assist oh yeah well he, he I got can't the assist read. to Hiroshi. i was i was you were in a place i was having a few adult beverages when i was reading the score line <laughs> So names were appearing in places they actually weren't. I mean, I'm sure the Red Wings defensemen thought the same thing as they were getting walked all game. Yeah, I heard it was not good. No. Uh, yeah, Bowie had a, a a pretty atrocious showing. Erickson looked like Erickson. Um, by the numbers, I think Erickson's the only defenseman that's been worse than Bowie this season. The wow. only metric that I could find where anyone measures remotely worse than Erickson in anything is Biega in his limited time has a slightly, slightly worse expected goals against per 60, like marginally, pretty much any other player relative to Erickson. And that, that makes sense, right? Because that's he's been waived. Eisenman waved him because he's, yeah. not, he's playing that poorly. Yeah. This isn't a trash on Jonathan Erickson. Jonathan Erickson's not the problem. If the Red Wings were healthy enough, he wouldn't be here right now. Right. Nemeth just got back in the lineup. DeKaiser's still out. Green is now back on IR where his seat was still warm. Yep. This is a depleted, depleted, depleted team. They lost 5-1 to the Devils, which is great for the tank, bad to watch. Uh, I was back home in Windsor and was watching hockey with my parents, and they were just like, oh, my God. This yeah. team is so bad. And, it, and they're boring. They're so boring. Yeah. It's tough to watch. You know, if we if we played run-and-gun hockey and at least it was a little bit exciting, it's okay. <laughs> but we played chip-and-chase 
Well, we played Chip. Not we much played Chase. You, and it's so bad to watch. You lose someone like Anthony Manthoth in the first period of the game, you know you're going to lose a lot. We of have players. we have less than a handful of dynamic players on this team, so when they start fall, going down with the injury bug, it, it makes it so much more painful to it, watch. It's very difficult. And, like, you, we're going to get a lot of comments saying, well, they're going to lose anyways, or even this healthy team wouldn't win. Oh, we know, but you want to make it watchable. You can be bad, but still play exciting hockey. Absolutely. And lose. That, those are the best games, right? Where, you know, Larkin produces, Burt scores two goals, Mantha scores a, uh, a sweet, you know, power play goal, Heronic does well, but then the defense collapses and they still lose in regulation and bam, tank game and everyone had fun. I think, uh, yeah, it's like, well, as long as we're competitive, but I'd rather be exciting than competitive at this point. Well, I mean, one in the same, honestly. Also, talent also leads to excitement yeah. or the ability to generate some excitement. Now, early on in that game, like right away, uh, we saw that the Fabry Philpula Athenasiu line was broken up. Now, this was before Mantha got injured. So th- this was before the line blender had to come out. And unless there was some kind of pre existing injury uh, that affected things, like I don't really understand why this was the case. I know Helm was a game time decision, but a bottom six player shouldn't shake up a top six that's been working. They wanted to get Perlini going, I, I get that, but demoting Athanasiu, who's been on a tear, just didn't really seem right. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, does it? Other than we need Perlini to get going in some capacity. Yeah, I... We traded Regula for him, right? Yeah. Oh, I was at the Kitchener versus London game on Friday night. Again, I was crushed. Absolutely bombed with the boys. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm going a, a seven day trip and I'm just in the, the biggest glutton of all time. And I'm like, all right, time to go on a little bit of a detox. And then two days in a row, I just get crushed. Your again. cheeks are looking a little bit. Oh yeah. Six extra pounds. Thanks. <laughs> thanks are nothing, Florida. Uh, yeah, I brought six pounds of America back. <laughs> hey, we're now an American podcast. Yeah. So, um, what was my point? Oh yeah. Regula looks really good. Real, I mean, London is stacked. London, but and a lot of players look good on London. Right? Yeah, but uh, Rakula playing net front on their power play, he actually plays that position very, very well. I'm, I'm starting to look feel a little bit sour and taking my uh, take of, we already have too many defensemen who could be bottom pairing. He looks real good. And I think he's over well over a point per game right now as a defenseman. So when you guys ask why we always want evan to talk more is because he just gave us the only legitimate scouting in-person scouting analysis that this whole podcast has had so far this season and um vegas has an absolute stud in uh connor mcmichael i think he's averaging like three points per game right now in the ohl oh my god he looks so good um yeah, hopefully Perlini starts looking good because that trade's starting to not look so great from my eye test. He's uh, he's doing a lot of the right things. I'm not going to say he's out there playing phenomenally. If he was playing phenomenally, he'd be getting more points, yeah. scoring goals. But he he's playing bottom six minutes, um, and he's putting himself in the right spot. There's some times where I'm like, buddy, don't just fire it into his chest. Just take a minute, clutch. But uh, other times, it's just like a goalie makes an unreal save or it bounces on him. I think it'll come for him. I don't think the Red Wings nailed, uh, you know, another hidden Fabry here. Um, but I think that was to be expected. He there- definitely could use some more talent around him. For sure. 
you even just want him to be, to show that given the right situation he can finish and then bam you have a, a second power play unit scorer to yeah. put out there um but no i don't think that warranted splitting up fabry philip lathin to see you because one the the introduction of Fabry to that line, I mentioned this before, did two things. It gave Athanasiu another talented, intelligent player to play with, which he needs because once he has talent around him, he thrives. And two, it gave Philpula the space to do what he does best, uh, which is make the players around him better with smart plays, good passes, yep. uh, and the occasional snipe when he has no one he can literally force <laughs> a pass to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Philpula is old and he can't move like he used to. And so... If he's being bogged down by someone who looks like they're skating through mud, then they're just going to collapse on him and he's not going to have the time to do what he needs to do with the puck. There's not, it's not a, a mystery as to why Philpola's game looks so much better once Fabry joined that line. It was just a good mix up on that line of, of players of different kinds of chemistry and speed and, and intelligence. And it's like, you know, Fabry and Philpola were very, are very, very smart players and Athens CU can make something out of nothing. So yep. I just don't understand why you break that line up. It would have been better to just keep the second line as is, and then when Mantha got hurt, just insert Perlini. That seems like a natural transition to me. We saw Larkin Bertuzzi Helm be the best line. Larkin Bertuzzi Perlini, Larkin Bertuzzi Hirose, Larkin Bertuzzi freaking you yeah. would have looked great out there. I would have kept that second line together at all costs. Yeah, you fi- finding chemistry amongst players is one of the hardest things to do as a coach. So when you get it, you got to channel that and, and ride it out as long as possible. So I, the line blender will forever be a mystery to me. Now, uh, there's only so much we could bash on it because after the first period, obviously, Mantha was out. Here's what I want to see. Carolina game, you, you have the liberty to do what you want. You want to play Zadine on the fourth line because he's playing a lot of minutes? Fine. You want to not even play Zadina tonight? That's actually very reasonable. Yeah. Um, as if in case you guys haven't noticed, we're recording this on Sunday afternoon, so well before the Carolina game. But if you're gonna get keep Zidina up for the duration of Mantha's injury, I legitimately want to see him play at least half his time on the Larkin Bertuzzi line. I would love to see Larkin Bertuzzi Zadina. And I think that would be a great line because A, Larkin, it's a he's the best player on this team. Uh and B, Bertuzzi plays extremely well with Larkin, and he's extremely good at doing what he needs to do to make the talented, talented, talented players around him better. He's, he puts himself in the right spot. He finishes when he needs to finish. He makes the pass when he needs to make the pass. The guy's just a great, you know, do-it-all player in, in the top six. And I think that would be an awesome line. Uh, yeah, he needs power, a ton of power play minutes and start off his ice time slow, but increase it steadily as he stays up, depending on how many games that is. Now, we talked about the line blender. We talked about Mantha. Oh, we actually didn't mention Mantha being hurt. He kind of bumped knees with uh, one of the New Jersey Devils a little bit, and it looked very innocuous. It wasn't intentional. It was very light, and it you couldn't even see anything like get tweaked. But after that play, he was hobbled, and you didn't see him again. Yeah, that's not good. No. And so he was immediately ruled out. And then I've seen speculation about high ankle sprain. I've seen speculation about like it's, act- it's an actual knee injury, but it's not look- looking like it'll be... Uh, less than a week injury here. So extended look at Zadina. You don't want to see Detroit's best goal score go down. And you don't want to see Mantha have a, a hitch in a season where he really, really needed to thrive. So, And he's been looking good for the most part. He's been looking good. I mean, every Red Wings player has been subject to to slumps except for Bertuzzi, who seems to be consistently producing. Yep. Um, but that's the Red Wings leading point scorer now out. And so 
uh, it's a huge hole to fill. It also kind of explains why they called up Zadina instead of Sveshnikov, right? Like, if he's going to be out for, you know, five, six games, we want Zadina, who's on a tear, to be up and actually produce for five or six games. Yeah, it would be good to see see him light the lamp or at least get some points in that extended look. If he scores, Twitter's going to explode. Oh, yeah. Twitter will go nuts. Oh, yeah. We're going to have the second coming of Wayne Gretzky. Oh, 100%. And then you're going to see Rowan go off on Montreal fans about Kotkaniemi. It's going to be a whole thing. Well... We play Carolina tonight, so that's a good game to ease them in. But um, Toronto, I'm not sure what sort of success we're going to have when we come up against Toronto, Philly, Washington, and then add the Islanders in there. Oh God! So um, it's a, I guess, good to get NHL time, but we're probably going to get worked. He's going to have a lot of tough minutes. Uh, yeah. So the Red Wings have Carolina tonight at seven. Um, by the time you guys are listening, you might know the result of that game and whether or not he scored, um, or if he even played, uh, on Wednesday, they have Toronto, Toronto. chief Keith's Toronto Maple Leafs, chief Keith and the band of merry men. Uh, and then you'll probably hear the next, you will record the next episode after that game. Uh, looking around the rest of the league, actually, very quickly about Svechnikov. This is the second time he doesn't get to play against Carolina and thus his little brother, Andre Svechnikov. Surprise is on his bobblehead night. <laughs> the This one is like, yeah, it just kind of sucks, but it's inopportune. I, I think Zadina was playing so well and, and Svechnikov wasn't playing as well as him down on Grand Rapids. So this is objectively the correct call up in my mind. I surprised they did it. I predicted that they wouldn't. because I thought Svech- Svechnikov would be our call up yeah. guy this year. Because it, it's just a little bit of a safe, not a safer play, but you don't have to expose uh, Zadina to, well, what the Red Wings are. But yeah. they decided to do it, which I'm, I'm very thrilled he's been, about. He's re- getting rewarded for playing well. Yeah, absolutely. And as much as we're like, oh, we need to shelter these young prospects because this team is a dumpster fire, I think I'm okay with the call-up. Um, he's earned the right to get some NHL exposure and... Um, Maybe with his absence, Svechnikov will uh, will start to produce a little bit more in, in the Grand Rapids. Hopefully, he does get a chance to play against Carolina eventually. I just want his family to be able to see both brothers play against each other. Considering it's meaningless games for us, you know, it would be just a nice gesture. Considering that guy's had the worst road so far in his professional career. Well, if the Red Wings really cared, they call him up on Saturday against the Capitals so he can fight Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, that would be great, actually. I don't want that to happen. For he would die. Yeah. I, Ovechkin's up there, like top 10 players I would not want to fight. We need every single prospect, promising prospect that we can get. We don't need them to die before they get a chance no. to, to flourish. Absolutely not. Um, we talked about the Babcock fallout. Uh, Bortuzzo on St. Louis had another cross-checking incident. Don't cross-check people into the goalpost. And then... Then he did. And then you further cross-check them down on the unprotected sp- part of their spine. The thing that irks me about this play is like, look, Bortuzzo doesn't have the best reputation, and I'm not going to go off on uh, a tangent about you know his plays. Just kidding, I am. A couple of years ago, he cross-checked, uh, I think it was Brock Nelson on the Islanders, brutally in the back several times. And you know he's been suspended for, for elbowing before, and it's like... The league needs to, he has a hearing, so it's not like I'm, I'm criticizing the league right now, but the league does need to come down on this because that kind of cross, first he cross-checked Arvidsson intentionally into the crossbar, like no saying it wasn't, and then he gets called for it. He gets upset that he gets called for it, and what does he do? 
He gives Arvidsson another cross-check as he's still down on the ice in the unprotected part of his back. For those of you who haven't played and haven't been cross-checked there, that sucks. I used to, when I was a defenseman and I was playing dirty, I used to uh, you know, put my stick as if I was going to cross-check someone. Not cross-check them, but if I was behind them, I'd put it under the uh, or inside the lip of the back of their pants and grind my stick down their back because I knew how much that hurt. And it fucking hurt. It was a dirty play. It was a dirty as hell play. And he's sitting there cross-checking with full force that part of their back. He's going to kill someone. Not kill someone, but he's going to break their back. Yeah, he probably shouldn't do that. No, it's... You can't do that. You can't do that. It's using your stick as a weapon, and it's... Uh, you only got a two-minute minor on the on it as well. I don't want to hear anything about that's rough and tumble hockey. No, you know, rough and tumble hockey is laying, finishing your checks, laying a huge hit, uh, you know, taking a guy's number and... and if you're going to hit, hit the check. guy, just hit him without your stick. Yeah. If using, you want to go hard to the net, you can... I guess if you wanted to still finish the check, you could still lay out Arvidsson. He didn't need to cross-check him in the back. No, it, it's it's a cowardly move to use your stick as a weapon. It's not old-school hockey. It's just bullshit. I'm a big fan of using my stick as a weapon, so uh, I, I'm feeling personally attacked right mm, now. Yeah, we'll file a complaint. Uh, it's wingedwheelpodcast at gmail.com. Care, right. care of Brad Crisco, please. Yes, yeah, CC. Your, your, uh, your complaint will be responded to in two to five business years. Bert, um, another dirty play that happened last night is Bennington... Uh, blockered uh the healthy blocker in the back of the head he blockered some in the back of the head i know he he then further uh hit arvidson as arvidson was skating away oh uh, who the hell did he blocker in the back of the head i forget who it was but they were down on the ice and um oh it was um on nashville what's the guy's name watson um watson i don't know Awesome. Okay. Yeah, that guy. Maybe I didn't see it. He was just in. It was just he was grind mucking up in front of the net, and he fell over, and then the play started going the other way, and Bennington just fucking threw a haymaker in the back of his head. Of course. And uh, Austin Watson was down for a little bit. No penalty on the play. I don't. Or maybe there was. I don't remember. Makes me sad that they're doing all this in those beautiful baby blue St. Louis Blues jerseys. Don't use your equipment as a weapon. Those blockers are insanely hard. They're brutal. They, you may as well be hitting someone with a shovel. Uh, have, did you see the uh, the LA Colorado jerseys? Oof. That looks like something I would paint at paint night after about 15 drinks. <laughs> okay, the Colorado jerseys, I don't like them, but the concept is novel. Yeah, Colorado's saying thank you, LA, right now. Yeah. I, I don't think they were good. I don't think they were well executed, but it's a novel concept. And you know what? It'll be a cool jersey to own in the future or look back on and say, that was a cool one off. LA's is like. Oh my God. Those are awful. I hope they did. I hope they got that for free. I hope that was a free design. They're actually paying you to buy them. I, it's, I'm not sure I would still. It's like they they commissioned an elementary school to to draw up a jersey and that's what that's what the winner was so ugly it's it, awful I, people are like oh the speed lines are like a callback to the the lakers yeah okay make it make sense so make it look good <laughs> the only like the uh, two-thirds of the jersey are just unusable it's just like what was that a mountain i have no artistic ability at all so i should never criticize people but i think i could do better I honestly think we could do better. Also, when you have such a rich jersey history like LA does, those they should have just done a purple jersey. That's it. Just your, do purple. Your purple and gold or your gold and purple, one of the two. Or do your LA Kings crest like you have for your uh, throwbacks. Or yeah. freaking do anything. 
anything the burger king i honestly would prefer the burger king jerseys i think anything else would have been better and um yeah when when i saw that i was like oh my god yeah it was not good yeah uh i actually think one thing that they could have done is use that burger king logo the one that was like a a chest crest with that weird sash but actually made it make sense and like use it as a primary logo that would have been a sweet one-off jersey i get that they have themes for these things and they want the jerseys to kind of like right like the theme for this one is these jerseys are both utter garbage and so they mesh together really well yeah they uh, yeah they definitely have some synergies between one another (laughs) and they're not good no not good synergies not good that's those jerseys are hashtag bad for bitcoin yeah very bad for bitcoin uh leading into the rest of the episode some updates that we have um i know we've mentioned it before but within the next couple weeks uh, mel and i will be done well not done uh but done renovating at least the uh we've been calling affectionately the pod loft which is our new studio which is a room in the house so you guys don't think we have a pro studio but it's a dedicated space i will be moving in there uh the table uh, we have a custom table being built that we're excited to share with you and, and keeping more of an eye out. We're going to show some renders in the coming days. Uh, we'll be in there eventually. And then we're going to be doing more live streams. Uh, we're going to teach Evan how to drive to my house now, and we're going to be doing live streams of games. Uh, we're going to be recording a, a bunch more YouTube content right now. We just have the episodes, this episode not being an actual video of us. I'll be able to catch up on my sleeping during those games. Quite possibly. Uh, we can let you sleep for 17 minutes at a time at intermission. Yeah, pretty or much 20 minutes at a time of game time, depending on the game. Uh, so that's all coming. But before, uh, we dive too much more into that, uh, I say, let's just go to overtime on this one. There's probably 14,000 questions. You're hungover, Brad's sick. Let's just do it. Okay. Uh, overtime on this episode of the winged wheel podcast is brought to you by motor city garages. They're a family owned and operated, uh, company servicing Metro Detroit. They do garage flooring, cabinets, overhead racks, wall storage, helping young prospects fill the opponent's nets and cars. Uh, enough of the messy garages. Everyone is sick of walking through. It's time to turn it into something useful. Whether you like to work on your car or if you'd like an organized space, we have you covered. 3D designs and a lifetime warranty. Motor City Garages park in style. We're going to head over to Patreon where our comment, our patrons get their comments read out as our way of saying thank you. And just as I'm trying to load them up because we have 17 of you. Haroon Khan says, hey guys, currently watching the Devils game and man is Bowie just wow. Anyways, really hope Mantha isn't injured long term. Also, this might be a really stupid comparison, but do you think the Leafs could be the NHL's version of the Dallas Cowboys? Both are big markets, both haven't won in a while, and both have extremely nauseating fans. Let's go Red Wings, and congrats, Mika. I think that's a great comparison. Everyone hates the Cowboys. Everyone hates the Leafs, although I do think the Cowboys get a little bit more hate, uh, and both haven't won anything in a long time. I think the Cowboys have a more storied history, though, in their sport. I can't really speak to this. Com- I can speak to <laughs> half of this conversation. You know, uh, Toronto doesn't have a single 1,000 point score. I think I knew that. I think Austin Matthews will be the first. Yeah, I think so too. Garrett TV says, Hockey Amigos, specifically for Brad and Ryan. The ghost of Mike Illich has agreed to grant Franz Nielsen a goal, but in exchange you are each required to make Evan do something publicly embarrassing. What would you make him do? How embarrassing are you willing to go? Worth considering, a side effect is that this is probably going to dramatically increase Evan's Twitter following. Let's go Red Wings. Uh, I don't think Brad would do anything. If I ever pass Brad in Twitter followers, I think he may have a mental breakdown. He'll quit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I realized the other day that I passed him and uh, I'm not sure he's coping with that very well. Did you tell him? Did he realize? I'm not sure. if He's had an eye on it for a while. 
He, he definitely knows, but hasn't made mention to it. He knows. He probably it. checks every day. He's playing it cool. I mean, the podcast account still has the most uh, followers of all of us. So Damn it. Yeah. I mean, it should be that way. Come I'm on. what, like 1,200 followers behind Brad? Something like that's, that. That's like 40% of my followers. So, so I need to gain very fast. Evan is up. almost at 2K. The podcast account is almost at 3,500. I'm almost at 3,000. Brad's almost at 3,000. If you guys want to go give us a follow, go to at Winged Wheel Pod on Twitter. And then in the follow that account, and in the bio is all of our accounts listed. Be sure to follow us as and well. And then unfollow Brad. Then unfollow Brad. Um, I'm not sure I would do anything to buy Franz Nielsen a goal. What is one goal What's for one Franz goal? Nielsen going to do? If it's 20 goals, oh, I'll make... Oh, man. I'll make you stand in front of the LCA in a 2-2. A red and white tutu holding a sign that says, I don't know, I suck at, I don't show up for podcasts or something like that. Uh, yeah. I don't even know if I'd be that embarrassed. That'd be gr- a great um, that would content be, piece. Yeah. That would be a good boost for your Twitter following. Yes, it would. Uh, John Schultz says, hello, friends. Been a while since I've commented. So to catch up, Noah and I couldn't make the home opener meetup as he had games of his own all weekend. Yeah, I was looking for you there, man. Um, but we we're both very much looking forward to the Grand Rapids meetup. I know the plan is after the new year, but do we have anything more specific yet? Not quite yet. Uh, a lot of proposed uh, or a lot of planned things kind of went out the window with everything going down with Founders Brewery. Um, so we have to kind of uh, pivot and make sure that we have a location that makes sense for us. Um, my version of the offside versus offsides trigger word is assistant captains. They are alternates, not assistants. Brad, congrats on Henrik. Ryan, congrats on the house and the new studio. Evan, congrats on showing up more regularly. Present vacation notwithstanding. Hey, he's back. Um, Also, Evan, why don't you ever say your last name when introducing yourself at the beginning of an episode like the other two? I don't want anyone knowing who I am. (laughs) But follow him on Twitter, but don't know who he is. Yeah. To the dub dub, congrats on the McCarty and Lidstrom interviews. In my opinion, though, McCarty was many orders of magnitudes more entertaining than Nick. Lastly, Mika pronounces Athanasiu a better times, uh, a thousand times better than Larry Murphy. Cheers from Northern Indiana. Man, Darren was like, he was a great interview. Yeah, he'll he'll say anything. Um, He was awesome. We can't wait. To, to do it in person with him um and yes uh, mika has really pinned down athens you she was sucked at the start she was brutal at saying it so that's true she's, she, you know she's improving most improved she's rounded out her form austin hooser uh hooser says what's up gents checking in from bangkok thailand this week so kind of off the hockey grid at the moment man when i went to asia bangkok was my least favorite city oh yeah yeah uh, i just i was like everywhere else is so cool and bangkok just feels eh to me yeah. also is there when the military uh, took over. It yeah, that, w- that would be a sub-fun time. Yeah, it was a coup there, so... Um, I missed last week, but to clear up my confusion, or clear up confusion, my last name is pronounced Hoiser. Okay, so Hoiser is right. Sorry, man. And I think one of you got it right on the first go, so kudos. Team Tank is looking better and better, and as the old Detroit sports saying goes, let's start looking to the draft. Hashtag don't be sexy, <laughs> Tank for Alexi. Looking forward to listening on my 13-plus hour flight home. Cheers, boys. Um... Was that a question? Was there a question in there? No, he's just leaving a comment okay. for us. I don't mind those. I, I like just comments sometimes. Eddie says, this is all going to hurt even more when we finish last and pick fourth. Fourth, that's optimistic. I think we're going to finish, you know, third and pick sixth. Oh, yeah. that That's just how, that's the prophecy. Another 10-game win streak at the end bounces us out, and that spot that New Jersey took from us ended up being Jack We're going to talk about that game in January that we got the loser point in that changed our entire season, and we picked sixth. Yeah. Uh, Liz B says, uh, so Owen three in the toilet bowl, um, 
next uh, toilet bowl games this week. Uh, they're going to lose so much over the next few months that the inevitable post-trade deadline winning streak shouldn't be enough to put them out of the bottom three. On a positive note, uh, Zadina, Valeno, and Sider are looking good, and that's got to make Wings fans feel better. Yes, prospects doing well is good. It's uh, very good. Matt Haggard says, hey guys, been listening for a couple of years and finally decided to, sh- to toss some pennies at you schmucks. Uh, anyhow, I need you to convince me that I don't need to be concerned about Larkin. He's got zero points in the last four and only four in the last ten. Mantha has nine in that span and Burt has eight. I know I shouldn't be worried, but it's odd after he how he's been the last two seasons. We should get Rowan up here so we can stuff him away in a stay fresh cheese bag. I haven't been watching enough games to really hammer down what's going on with Dylan Larkin. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it is obviously concerning considering we were predicting him to be basically top two in scoring on this team. Yeah, you know what? Like, I'm not thrilled by his production lately but the the fact of the matter is he does have a lot more defensive responsibility than uh if there's player. anybody i'm not concerned about it's dylan larkin yeah a player of his caliber typically doesn't have to uh do as much defensive play as him he has an excellent work ethic so the the points will come back yeah he's not slumping by any means i don't think he's slumping um but or sorry, I don't. He, he's slumping, but he's not like a streaky player. I don't think he's regularly a streaky player, but he might just be subject to them. He's probably doing a ton of things off the puck um, that will make you kind of overlook not getting or having four points in ten games. Yeah, and the fact of the matter is, um, Mantha goes on long or long streaks like that. So if this extends into like a another ten game period, then I'd be a little concerned. We also have to consider he might be playing hurt. Um, he hasn't been producing on the power play. I think he's been the least productive Red Wing on the power. That That's power concerning. Um, it's something to keep an eye on. I don't want to say like ignore it just because it's Dylan Larkin. I don't think that would be fair to say, but um, I wouldn't be throwing in the towel quite yet. I I don't believe that he'll be um, regressing back to what we saw from him two years ago or in a sophomore season, but it is important that he doesn't let these streaks go too long. Yep. Matt uh, Cheney says this week's episode of the Winged Wheel podcast is brought to you by Cybertruck from Tesla. Use Cybertruck's autopilot to effortlessly drive down the most boring stretch of highway in Ontario, the westbound 401 to Windsor. Oh, my God. Cybertruck, the official truck of the future and the Winged Wheel pod. If you can find me a more boring highway than that, it's the absolute worst. Uh, The other day, I... um as I was driving home to Windsor on Friday night, I actually put up on Patreon. I was like, Hey, like I got a bunch of time and a bunch of data. So like, if you guys want to get on the discord and do like a voice hangout, I'm down. And some people got on there. It was actually good. I'm, uh, I'm, that was a cool way to do some Patreon exclusive stuff. That's not typically conventional. So if you guys like that, we'll keep doing it. I'll give you more warning next time. I thought about it literally as I was on the road. Yeah, I should probably do that more too when I'm just chilling playing World of Warcraft just like a out. degenerate. I yeah. was gonna I was actually gonna message you and see if you were When was this? Friday night. Uh no, I was getting crushed at the Ranger game. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh Evan Beckner says, I just wanted to point out that Zadina is on an absolute heater in the age in the A and pretty much putting up points at will. Despite this fact, Moritz Mannheim steamroller cider is still my number one prospect right now. Did anyone tell him he's a teenager? Cause he's playing like a man. He's literally putting opponents on the ice just because he can. I love it. After overtime, we're actually going to talk about that. Cause I forgot. About we, that. And <laughs> we also failed to mention that he got named to the Germany world juniors, German tourney, world junior uh, team. team, not tournament <laughs> team. Uh, likely will be the captain there again. So we'll talk more about uh, cider. Thank you for the reminder. Joseph Fournier says, do, 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 time to play everyone's favorite game. 
Uh, all right, Detroit sports suck right now, and I want to saw my face off and light my faceless head on fire. But I have to work on Sunday, so let's play Athens CU one for one trade game instead. Um, Benoit Olivier Gruel. Who? Uh, no, Maxime Contois. Athens CU for Maxime Contois one for one. No, Jacob Chikrin. No, Kevin Ball. Who? Frederick Gauthier. Oh my! No. Is that is that a real? Is that like a one of the ones that throw you off? These are uh, some Maple Leafs. Uh, Travis Dermott. No. Uh, Lilligren. Uh, no. Toronto's twenty twenty two first round pick. When they w- eventually win the cup that year. Um, Alex Galchenyuk. That's a good one. I have to look up Alex. Galchenyuk. He's hurt right now. How, um, what's he been putting up lately? We already have a 30-goal scorer. We don't need another guy who's a 30-goal no, scorer who's hurt. Uh, Andre Kasha? Yes. Hell yes. I don't know who that is. Uh, Anaheim. Really, really good. Okay. Pittsburgh's 2020 first-round pick. Pittsburgh needs that one. Maybe that one because that one is... It's hard to say because the East is so bad, Pittsburgh could you know, easily end up atop the Metro right but yeah i prefer not to trade our thir- a 30 goal score for a pick just a pick rasmus ristolainen no no thank you colin miller no nope nikita zadorov no no elias lindholm yeah i think so noah hanfin uh maybe so, I- i'm i'm having a rough go right now noah hanfin i want to see what he's done this year. i haven't uh, heard much from him this no year. nor have i um, but he's 22 years old. I might say yes to Noah Hannafin, honestly. Defenseman? Mm. It would certainly help us on the back end where we have an absolute travesty. Vincent Trocek? Um, I don't think so. No, Oli- but I like him a lot. Oli Mata? Absolutely not. Calvin DeHaan? Um, no. I'd rather keep him. Yeah. Kiefer Bellows? Ooh, No. He could be an Athens to you. I don't know. No. Evans and seemingly infinitive vacation time. Oh, I would keep my vacation time. Speaking of Evan, if our favorite intrepid traveler of time and space is there, I need your answers on these four players. Adam Fox. Who? New York. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Vitaly Kraftsoff. I remember him from the World Juniors, but I don't know where he is now. Joel Faraby. Uh, I like him a lot. JT Miller. Um... Can't say I have enough opinion, uh, information to form an opinion. He's having a phenomenal year right now, like a Salky year almost. Oh, wow. Okay. Thanks for playing. We are nearing the end soon. Just a little more data to call before moving on to the next phase. Two quick hits. McIsaac comes back in a couple weeks. He'll play four games and go to world tryouts. Excited to see him back, but tempering my expectations until he gets comfortably back in game shape. Hockey News. Stephen Ellis. Uh, Hockey News is Stephen Ellis listed the top five budget uh, burdens. Mark Stahl, David Savard, Milan Lucic, Bobby Ryan, PK Subban. How in sweet mercy is Franz Nielsen at league worst minus 5.8 goals above replacement? Not on the list. How? That list is wrong if it doesn't include one of Abdulkader and Nielsen. Yes. Nielsen got his first point in 20 games the other night. Woof. Stay fresh cheese bags. Cheers to drafting six overall again for the third year in a row. Keep your cheese fresh and your juggernaut Grand Rapids prospects fresher with Stay Fresh Cheese Bags, a Fournier company. Rowan says, good day, dud duds, Ryan, Rob, and Evan. It was good to see our favorite Western Ontario Athletic Association senior AA hockey team, the Milverton four-wheel drives, emerge victorious in Rob's revenge game versus Tavistock. 
According to their according to their social media team, not only did Rob not attend the game, but he was voted worst teammate by both teams. Only 57 more games to go, and one of them gets knocked off today versus Carolina. I'm assuming you're recording before the episode and releasing afterwards, but how about that play with the guy in the thing? Wow. At least we got to watch Martin Nikash dance around our whole team and totally not regret the 2017 draft at all. Heck me, what a shocker that was. Uh, did he go after Rasmussen? Yes, certainly did. Yeah. Uh, can we just play back-to-back every day with a break for Christmas and mercifully end this mess of a season ASAP? Please, God. I would love that. That'd be great. Let's get it all over before 2020 and we can just relax. All this losing is really bringing me down and normally my normally bubbly personality is being tested. These losses are making me surly and nobody wants that to happen lest I become abusive online. Jersey time. We unfortunately have to address the Abs and Kings Stadium Series jerseys, and I'm going to highlight them as the primary reason I want Adidas going nowhere near the Wings jerseys. It looks like the work experience uh, kid designed them in MS Paint last minute and just YOLO'd it as a joke. Bring uh, Brings back horrible memories of the Wings Stadium Series jerseys that should be erased from the annals of history. Uh, I'd ask if there has ever been a good Stadium Series jersey, but... I, I was, like our Stadium Series jersey. I think it was... It grew on me substantially. I hated it at the time. It grew on me as a novel jersey, just like as a one-off. I don't think it was a particularly good. Yeah, I don't think it's a a, a bolt-on jersey that we continue to pull out, but I I enjoyed some creativity. Uh, It it objectively sucked, but it was cool to see something different. I like the white gloves because it pissed people off. Yeah. I'd ask if they're blah, blah, blah. Um it's impossible to remember. Maybe the Flyers last year. I don't know. Try your best. What was it? I, th- I remember the Flyers last year. Flyers. Stadium. Was there a black and orange? I think so. I don't remember loving them. Yeah, the black and orange. Those are cool. They're all right. If people are just like, eh, that's probably a success for a jersey. Stay fresh cheese bags and give us a cheese bag emoji here. Your job on Discord is to merge the cheese and the bag emoji for them. They've been begging for it. How do you? I didn't even know you could do that no oh, you're supposed to be the discord guy i don't use it nick says so what was the pre-draft scouting report on cider good skater smart excellent defensive positioning and stick work with the outside potential for just a bit of offense where did this physicality come from i don't remember reading about it and i don't think i saw it in any highlight packages but every time i watch grand rapids he just destroyed at least two opposing players i don't remember that either but he's got the frame to do it so here's the thing about cider the pre-draft scouting on him was he, he's played against he was playing against men in Mannheim. Um, not a ton of time, like 11, 13 minutes a night. His defensive game was a strength. He was a very smart player for his age, making plays that you wouldn't expect from him. Uh, his physicality was noted. It was said that he wasn't afraid to get his nose dirty and stand up. But then again, it's hard to highlight that when you're playing grown men uh, in Mannheim. Oh, for sure. At that age. Now, he's still playing grown men in the AHL, but there's also a lot of kids there too. So it's, yep. it's a little bit different. Um the big thing about that scouting report, though, is you saw fl- flashes of offensive flair, but he got no power play time and almost no time in offensive yeah. zone start. So you, you really didn't have a read on that, which is why he was such an off-the-board pick. Uh, he was There was a big unknown to him. And so he had the potential to be a kind of all-around defenseman or at the very least a very good defensive defenseman yeah. who could make the right play, which is what the Red Wings needed. But the physicality isn't exactly surprising considering his frame and considering uh his experience playing 
with in a, in a pro men's league at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick goes on to say Mantha's out at least a week. That's fun with Larkin seemingly playing through injury and Blash inexplicably splitting up the Athanasiu Phil Fabry line. The explanation is that it's Blash. The next handful of games could be pretty painful, especially considering that we're already sitting at five straight losses. Hope everyone bought the sixty dollar AHL Griffins package. It's gonna we're gonna the December is gonna be rough if Mantha's out for a long period of time. Uh, finally, the draft is today. The Wings have finished last and dropped to the fourth pick. One, two, and three were Lafreniere, Byfield, and Raymond. Who are you taking at four? I'm turning the TV off and I'm done honking. I'm moving to Florida full time. <laughs> Up until recently, I think the obvious answer was Holtz, but I'm starting to thinking, starting to think Tim Stutzel. I'm pronouncing his name wrong for sure. I think Holtz is still the an- answer for me. Um, I want to pull up Promen's draft rankings here because he had a really good write-up on one of them. Um, but I don't know if I would shy away from Holtz quite yet. So that would be a pretty brutal if the Red Wings drafted fourth and then obviously Lafreniere went first, Byfield, and then Raymond. Those are three premier players that you want available to you in this draft. Um, but I think Alexander Holtz does a lot of good things. He's His skill level's through the roof. Um and he could he he can score goals at an elite level, and I think that's what the Red Wings are looking for. Uh, if they have that high of a pick, and if that player falls to four, it's not someone that you have to feel bad about drafting. The only people I'm absolutely certain that are one two locks is uh, Byfield and Lafreniere. After yeah. that, it, it could. After last year's draft, anything can happen. After after two. That being said, Stutzel has been absolutely unreal this year, and there was a little bit of an unknown factors surrounding him and he's been you know showing quite a bit so far and so you kind of you do really have to give that attention imagine the red wings go two germans in a row in the top six two years i would prefer not to do that but i would be okay if it ends up happening i guess don mitchell says darkness imprisoning me all that i see absolute horror my boy mantha is out for a while really good for the lafrenne tank really bad really really bad for bitcoin I did the Packy one chop cha- Packy one chop challenge on Friday, the world's spiciest chip, and it was now the second most painful thing behind the Mantha injury. And my hoop is still on fire. Time to play tank record game. Official name in progress. How many points will the Wings end up with this week? Home against the Canes, home against the Keefs at Gritty's house, then home against the Obies. So that's four games. Oh man, if we get so that's eight points. If we get three points i'll be impressed i think they'll walk away with four that's my prediction two wins who are we beating i think they'll beat the flyers and i think they'll lose an ot to washington and toronto i think toronto's gonna work us big time <laughs> oh chief Keith. will we be seeing a fabry bertuzzi larkin line that'll be fun and almost make me forget tony is hurt maybe tonight actually what was that line combination uh fabry bertuzzi larkin That'd be nice. I would like that. And that's from Don. Michael Barry says, hey guys, the current pattern this year is that the wings are incredibly streaky with their wins and losses. Do you like this or would you rather have the wins spread out more? I just want the pain to stop. Uh, I want the wins sprinkled in. I think nine game losing streaks suck. Yeah. Yeah. Losing a bunch in a row and getting blown out is never fun. I keep seeing, um, I keep bringing this up, but a lot of people keep bringing up the fact that, oh, Sorry, I don't want to say a lot of people. A select few people who really hate us but engage a ton on Twitter. I don't understand why. They say things like, oh, you guys just love when the wings are bad because you have a reason to complain. Man, no. You have no idea how. Like, just if you take away our passion for the game from this, like, just make this a purely 
like we're trying to grow this podcast standpoint. When Mantha scored his four goals in one night, we all jumped a hundred followers. And we didn't we weren't even live tweeting the game because we were at the game. That's yeah. how much more fun people have and how more how much more engaged. And then you add the fact that we're all Red Wings fans. No, we want to see this team win. So I think longer losing streaks suck, and you want to see some exciting games in there. Also, you give more content for the Commodore thing, which thank you. A lot of you guys corrected me last episode. Uh, I mentioned that Commodore was um, the beef with Babcock started in Detroit, but it actually started back in Anaheim. So thank you all for correcting me on that. Linda Hall says, with the recall of Zadina, do you think this is a sign that the organization has given up on Svechnikov? I was expecting Svech to be called up so he might be looked at in top six minutes. Of course, we're playing his brother today. Uh, I don't think given up, but Zadina has been the hotter hand. And if Mantha's going to be out for a while, you want a guy who is more likely to produce. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know what the conversations are like in the Grand Rapids locker room. Are they saying, you know, you you play well here, you, you get a chance to to play in Detroit. Like if that's a conversation they're having, then of course Zadina is the call up because he's been playing better than Svechnikov. Um, but if it's not that, um, I still go back to the point that I think Svechnikov is our, is our call up guy this year. Um, so that may make him a little bit sour, but I, you know, Zadina's on a tear and he's earned, like I said earlier, he's earned the right, to, to get a shot in the NHL right now. Um, Hassam Al-Kassam says, says, so did you guys see the NHL shop screw up? They were selling autographed Adidas authentic Kerfoot jerseys for 20 bucks, originally 380. I snagged one before they figured it out and fixed it. Don't care for the player or team, but I couldn't resist that deal. You could always resell that if you really wanted to. I got one as well. And I know a bunch of, they had an issue with their, uh, it, it didn't update their stock. So some people like bought it, but it wasn't actually in stock. So they'll cancel their orders, but they might fulfill some at that price. So I'm hoping mine was early enough. Yeah. I don't know how pricing errors work. I know with flights, they typically get honored. Sometimes, well, flights have a lot more regulations. Online yeah. shopping, you see them get away quite a bit more. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if they canceled the order, though. I called them because I accidentally put the wrong shipping address, and they're like, no, it's already on its way out of the warehouse. And I was like, oh, no, maybe it's going to get fulfilled. Oh. Uh, we have time for some Reddit questions and some Ask WWPs. Uh, Coltron57 says, no question. I just want to remind us all that Brad defended Bowie last episode is not that bad. Yes, I want you all to remember that and know that he's hiding from me this episode. I love Brad's hot takes that blow up in his face. Oh, it's so sweet. How did Brad defend Bowie? I thought we're all on board that Bowie is just an absolute. He saw like the random goal or assist that Bowie will get and thinks that makes him a. Bowie dangled once in his junior career and had an unreal goal. You know what? Bowie does have an offensive game, but he has nothing else. And also that offensive game is very sparing. So that was his whole, his whole shtick to getting drafted was he was a power play quarterback and he, he produced points like nobody's business in junior. And then it just never translated. Moto Brado says, should we just quit life now that Mantha's hurt? No, Zadina has given us a new reason to live. Yes. Uh, the Magic Man 1343 says, how on earth can anyone defend Bowie? It just hurts to watch him play. I don't see us resigning him. I don't see us resigning him either. No. Uh, Pesky Prussian says, was going to mention, based on German pronunciation, Tim Stutzel's last name is pronounced more like Sturzla. Yes. Sturzla. We live in North America, though, so I'm going to just stick with what Ryan tells me to say. Oh, man. I should, yeah, I'm definitely going to pra- practice that. However, I've not heard a single North American pundit pronounce it correctly, so this will probably be one of the many cases where everyone just eventually agrees on an incorrect NHL version of his name and runs with that. Unfortunately, probably, but I would love for it to be closer 
to reality, that would be great. Um, Sturzla, Tim Sturzla. I'm not saying that. Moritz Sider, very quickly before we end the episode. Every single game, it looks like he's laying someone out. He's putting points on the board. He's slowly kind of uh, edging out those uh, bad turnovers or the rough defensive play out of his game. He has this kind of like, not mental lapses, but it just doesn't look like he's experienced enough to know what to do and when. I'm saying I would love to see him up this season. I would love to see him up this season and you play him more than nine games. Yeah, I was definitely on the nine game train at the start of the season. So I think I'll continue with that. Um, I, I definitely think he deserves some sort of look so we can start to see uh, what it, what his time frame is looking like. Um, but he's young, right? Like those bad turnovers, um, those are going to happen when you come over to the North American game because it's just the ice is smaller and uh, there's bodies on you a lot faster. So um, I'll stick to the nine games for now, which will probably mean we're going to drop out of a top three pick. The only thing is I wouldn't want to see them bring him up and just kind of ruin the progress. I would like to see this happen maybe more towards the end of the season. Where yeah. That's what I'm a little bit too. more sheltered. Yeah. But it, once again, it all comes down to if he's going to come up and play eight minutes, I'd rather him just stay down and play 20 minutes a game in Grand Rapids. With that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast. Thank you guys so much for bearing with us through what has been a tumultuous month and a half. This is a Purple Heart ep- episode. Yeah. So uh, appreciate you guys uh, uh, tuning in, sticking with us. We're almost through the uh, roughest part of this and when we can finally find our new home, settle in and and do things a little bit more consistently and finally uh, expand a little bit more uh, into doing stuff that isn't taking care of babies and renovating and uh, drinking profusely as Evan's been doing. So with that, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, our name level patrons, Luke Johnson, Arjun Shanker, Clayton Van Dyken, Mike Reed, Langabeer, Matthew M. Rice, Ryan Lewis, Sean Levine, Matt McKay, Hannah Lee, Kaylin Wood, Jacob Turner, Charlie Elkins, John Evans, Rob Thiel, Craig Kibble, Stan Olson, Ryan Lewis, and Simon Anderson. Thank you all so much. Those are the people that make this show happen. If you like the Winged Wheel podcast, thank those people because they are the ones who allow us to do all the cool things that we're doing. Uh, and until next time, stay fresh, cheese bags. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.